What's up, everybody? This is part two of the conversation in the midst of coronavirus quarantine. As always, this is Word of a Rebel. In the previous episode today, I spoke about passive income options that anybody can use. So be sure if you haven't listened to that yet, go ahead and check that out immediately. Um, It is a way of earning passive income online, and I gave five options. There are many, many others. So if you'd like me to teach about others, please feel free to hit me up. Remember, passive income is all based on you. What are you good at? What can you do? Um, And there are lots of options online, a way of monetizing anything that you're good at. So please check that out and get with me if those five options are not suitable for you. And I'll see if I can find others for you. Um, But today in part two's conversation, we want to speak about real estate and various types of investments, not just in real estate and how these things can immediately impact your financial situation and last for the long term. And before we begin, I want to give the same disclaimer that I gave in part one. As we are facing the quarantine dealing with coronavirus, please, guys, fact check everything that you um, post. If it sounds extreme, it's probably false. Because the only thing that is happening right now is the same thing that is happening in other countries. We are experiencing a certain rate of um, infection. We are experiencing some um, deaths in relation to it. Um no, the military is not coming for you, okay? There's not going to be a lockdown. Um, Very, very simply, all that they're saying is the same thing they've been saying, which is you have to limit your exposure to other people. Please follow the advice of medical professionals um, and your local governments. Only go out if you need to get access to food or other necessary items or if you need medical care. Um, If you go out into the public and you're walking down the street, just maintain social distancing, proper social distancing. Keep at least six feet between yourself and other people. That's it. That's the basics of it. Wash your hands, keep hand sanitizer on you. Um, That's it. Stop buying up all the toilet paper. You know, um, it is a concern. This virus is um, more likely to cause pneumonia than other viruses are. And we do have to be aware of that. And it's not just the elderly that are getting um, struck with pneumonia as a result of this. This is people of all ages that have suffered with pneumonia as a result of this virus. And people are asking, well, why is that? Well, it's because of the way that it attacks the body. There is an article out there. I did share it on my Facebook page. I'll have to reshare it. It basically explains exactly how this virus works and why it has ended up leading to pneumonia. Um, it's just basically the way that it, it attacks the, our, our human cells. It doesn't attack um, animal cells in the same way that it attacks human cells. Um, and so that's why we're seeing um, such, such a drastic reaction for some people. And people are saying, well, why is it such a drastic reaction for some and not for others? Um, it, it could be, if you look at the way this virus works, there's a very specific um, a chemical that it needs. Uh, it's very likely that some people just have more of this chemical than others in their body. I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know for sure, but I did read the article about how the virus actually works to kind of get an understanding of it. But at the end of the day, all you have to do is just try to keep your household comfortable and calm. If you need help, reach out, ask for assistance. This is not a time to feel shameful if you feel like you need help. And this is not just financial things, food things like if you need comfort in this time reach out to someone and say i just need help i would much rather you reach out than suffer alone so with that being said let's go ahead and move into the conversation about investments 
because one of the things that we realized, and I mentioned this in part one, when the quarantine hit is people realized what they did and did not have financially. And I wanted to share information on how to set that up um, so that you don't have to suffer as much. God forbid if anything like this happens on a large scale, but also what if something happens on a more personal level? And the reason I'm sharing this information is because when, when I personally had a financial struggle, you know, at different times in my life, um, there were certain things that I put into place and I know which things worked for me. And so I'm just very simply sharing those things so that maybe they'll help you out as well. Uh, in the previous episode, I spoke about passive income because it's one of the ways of accomplishing this goal. The goal is multiple streams of income. You want to bring in income in more ways than just your job. Now, I do not advise quitting your job. If you got a job, keep it because it is a good solid foundation. Until your other income sources are able to meet or exceed your job's provisions for you, don't quit your job. Keep it. You know, I have multiple streams of income, but I still have my day job. Um, so definitely keep that day job in, in position because it is serving you. As long as it's serving you, keep it there. Okay? The multiple streams of income is going to expand on that. The goal of these multiple streams is not to um, take away your day job. It's basically to help you have a stronger financial foundation. All right, so the focus of this episode today, right now, is going to be investments. So obviously, um, I, I'm a strong advocate for real estate investment. But before I go into that conversation, I want to talk about um, stock investing. So with stock investing, the best stocks to buy are dividend stocks. Uh, dividend stocks, if you don't know, are the ones that pay you as the shareholder. So if you own a dividend stock, your, your stock will actually pay you uh, either monthly, quarterly, or annually, depending on how that stock is set up. So how do you know which ones to buy? Well, I have an article posted on my blog, um, wordofarebel.substack. Uh, so word of a rebel, all one word, word of a rebel, dot substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K. I put a list together there. Um, the, the title says the 13 best dividend stocks to buy. I ended up adding more than 13 because there were some low-cost dividend stocks um, that I really strongly advise people to buy, especially right now while the stock prices are low. And some people may feel like, well, ethically speaking, I don't want to take advantage of this downturn in the economy. Why not? You're not hurting somebody by buying a stock that's low cost. It's not your fault that the stock is low cost right now. In fact, you're actually helping the economy if you buy these low cost stocks because you're coming in where other investors are leaving. And I don't even know why they're leaving because um, just as China's economy has bounced back, um, ours is going to as well. And I can't speak for other investors. I guess, you know, I'm pretty sure people have personal situations. Maybe they needed to take out their money. I don't, I'm not really sure what's going on, why people are selling stocks. Um, it doesn't really benefit them. You know, if you've got your necessities at home, if the stock market is decreasing in value, if anything, you should be buying, buying more stock because after, after the quarantine is over and we get back to life and people start buying things and operating normally again, um, the economy is going to improve and then the stock prices will increase. So I don't understand it. 
Um, but nevertheless, if you have even $20 that you can do without right now, there are, there are a few stocks, dividend stocks that I do suggest buying. Uh, one of those is Ford and, um, I do have others. Like I mentioned, there's one called WPG Washington prime group. That's another good one to buy. Um, both of these are really low cost right now, but I do have others on my blog, as I've mentioned. Uh, and basically what they do is, um, depending on if they pay monthly or quarterly or annually, you're going to receive a payment from them, um, on that time frame, And they pay you a percentage per stock. So right now it's a really good idea to buy them because when the stock prices increase, let's say for example, you bought the stock at $2 a share. And then after the crisis is over, if no matter how high the stock goes, you're going to get paid off of the increase, not what you paid, but the increase because you get paid per stock. Okay. So that's the thing to remember. You bought a $2 stock. And now let's say, you know, after this crisis is over, the stock goes up to $8. Now you're getting paid a percentage on the $8, not your $2. You see what I'm saying? It's a great, great, great investment. And uh, you can sell the stock at any time if you decide that you need the money. But why not let that money sit there uh, like a savings account would, except it pays you every quarter or every year. You get a paycheck off of, you know, and, and it's so much better than a regular savings account. <clears throat> so if you've been following any, any of the people talking about investments over the years, one thing that a lot of people will say in the investment world is that buying stocks is a better savings account than having a savings account. It's real, okay? Just like mutual funds is better than having a regular savings account. Now, I'm not knocking a savings account. I have a savings account, okay? Um, but you, do, you should put some of your savings into something like stock, especially while the stocks are low. Now, I might not advise you to buy something when the stocks are high. Like if we've got, you know, let's say Washington Prime Group at a better day um, was at $20 a, a stock or $200 a stock, I wouldn't have advised you to buy that at that time because that's a high cost stock. That's, that's at its prime. But right now, the cost is low. So this is the optimal time to buy some stock. And focus on buying dividend stocks because you'll get paid on that. You feel me? Even, even when the economy is suffering, you still get a paycheck. You still get paid off your dividend stocks. I, I still, like, I literally, like, <clears throat> during this quarantine, received a payment from one of my dividend stocks. Because their, their, their quarterly payment came due during quarantine. And I still got paid. All the shareholders got paid. So keep that in mind because this is a way of, of getting money in um, without, you know, being worried about how the economy is going to affect it. You know, maybe your job was affected by this downturn in the economy uh, and, and the need for quarantine, but your dividend stocks won't be. So go ahead and jump on that. Um, so if you're having a hard time finding that link, be sure to hit me up at Word of a Rebel on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok. Send me a message. And I'll be sure to get that link to you if you had a hard time finding it. All right, so moving on to other types of investments. Um, another type of investment that's definitely worth it is a term life insurance policy. Now, a term life insurance policy is not something that's going to immediately pay you. So this isn't one to immediately change your life, but it is definitely a worthwhile investment. So term life insurance is a little bit different than regular life insurance. It basically says that... Um, if anything happens to you, 
in the term of that life insurance policy, um, all of your expenses are taken care of. So your family doesn't have to worry about anything. So God forbid, you know, anything happens to you early in life. But if it does, at least everything is taken care of. Now, if you buy term life insurance and then you live longer than the term of the insurance policy, you get your money back. So it's a basically like a savings account that also protects your life. So you're putting money toward this policy so that just in case you're covered in that term, 15 or 20 years, um, but that if you live past that point, you get all of that money back. So you're not giving out this money and never seeing it again like you might on some other insurance policies, right? You know, we need health insurance, it's great, but your health insurance, you don't get that premium back. Sorry to say, but your term life insurance, yes you do. So keep that in mind as you're talking about preparing for, um, you know, issues, because imagine this, you know, if we speak to anybody who is um, 60 or over, who doesn't have something like this in place, um, what are their concerns right now? You know, if, if they're unable to work for whatever reason and the various other struggles that they may have right now, um, if they had had a term life insurance policy in place, they would have had that money to put into savings and to protect them at a time like this. So you have to also be forward thinking. So I always advocate for how can you make money now, but also how can you make money in the long term and protect you, your future self as well, and your family's future self, including those of you who might not have kids right now. You know, maybe you don't have kids or dependents right now, but you might in the future. And if you don't have kids, but you have siblings, it's still a way of protecting them in the you know event that something bad would happen to you. And it's just better to be prepared than not. If you'd like information on good term life insurance policies, I do have a contact that I can refer you to. I actually have two contacts who uh, deal with term life insurance. Uh, Rashad Williams and Perry Scholes. Um, either one of them is a great contact for getting set up with a term life insurance policy. Something that is confirmed and trusted and worth putting the investment into. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the real estate investment situation. Now, I have obviously talked about this a lot, a lot, a lot. You can look at several episodes where I talk about this. So I'm just going to give you all the basics. You can literally buy and sell a property every two or three years and make a profit every two or three years. And I'm not just talking about a little bit of profit. I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars in profit. Now, when, when you buy the house, you want to buy a house that's either going to add income to you or is going to lower your cost of living. So, for example, if you buy a house or buy a condo, I also advocate advocate strongly for people to buy condos, especially if currently you're renting an apartment. Um, a condo is a good, good purchase. Because if you're buying a condo and you live in an apartment, your condo mortgage is likely to be lower than your house, your apartment rent. Um, and if you're renting a house, your mortgage is likely to be lower um, if you buy a house um, than your rent is currently. Now, why is that? Well, because if you're renting from a real estate investor, that real estate investor has to pay their mortgage and their insurances. But what a lot of people don't realize, those investors pay a lot of money in property taxes. So when you're complaining about what your rent is for that house, it's because their property taxes are ridiculously high compared to people who live in their houses. So that's why. So if you buy a house and you're paying a mortgage, you get to have that lower tax bracket because you're living in it. You're living in the house that you bought. 
So you, you get the homestead exemption option. And as a real estate agent, I can explain to you how to put the homestead exemption in place and when to do it to maximize your benefits and protect yourself, right? So buying real estate is a way of lowering your cost of living. Now, some of the people that I've talked to have said things like, well, I don't wanna owe the bank for 30 years. And I, I literally stopped and scratched my head because that's literally how I react every time because it confuses me because I don't understand how owing on a mortgage is any worse than owing your rent. If you owe rent to somebody, you still owe that money. But here's the thing, you're never gonna get your rent back. Remember that term life insurance that I talked about? At the end of that term of that life insurance, you get your money back. Well, if you sell that house, you get your money back plus some profit. You see what I'm saying? You can't do that with your apartment or your house that you're renting. If you buy a condo today and then you sell it in three years, two to three years, you get your money back and some profit. This is what I don't understand when people tell me this. It's confusing to me. People have this, this issue with like owing a bank. Like you gotta get past that block, that's that mental block. You've been taught to be scared of using credit to make money. You know, if, if, you're, not, if you're not comfortable with credit, then just don't. But if you're hearing me right now and you understand, listen to me. I bought a multifamily property. In the past, before I bought this house, I was paying rent. I was renting an apartment and paying more than what my mortgage is right now to maintain my cost of living. You feel me? I own a multifamily property and I have two people who are living in the other spaces of this property and they pay me rent so that my cost of living is drastically reduced. So when I'm talking about you want to set yourself up for immediate change in your financial situation and also a long-term investment, real estate is the best way to do that. So you can very simply lower your cost of living. If you're in an apartment, buy a condo. If you're renting a house, buy a house. I do encourage people to buy multifamily properties if you can because immediately that's income. Some of these multifamily properties already have a tenant in place, so you ain't even got to find tenants. And I can help you with that. As a real estate agent, I can show you properties that are good investments that already have tenants in place and we'll find you something that you like and get you in a situation where you're living comfortably, you own the space, you can manage and direct that space. That's going to be your space. You say what goes. And immediately lower your cost of living so that you can stop having to pay $800, $900,000 in rent per month and now, if you've got something that's lower cost than that, you're saving two or $300 a month. Or if you got a multifamily property, you're not paying no money. You feel me? All you gotta pay for is your lights and your water. Imagine that situation. See, that's what the fear of owing the bank, that's what it's stopping you from. It's stopping you from saving money. You're still owing rent, honey. If you still gotta, look, if, if you're not living rent free, you, you in a situation where you're hurting yourself and, and, and unnecessarily. It really is unnecessary, y'all. Lower your cost of living. And then do me one favor. This is the one thing that I ask of you, is that when you set your rent prices as somebody who has a multifamily property,
set reasonable rent. You don't have to follow what other landlords are doing in the community. You don't have to overprice your rental units. It's not necessary. You know, as long as you are, you know, making a little profit, you know, do the right thing. I always say that, you know, it's like Spike Lee said, do the right thing. That's all you got to do. Look out for each other. Take care of community. You know what I'm saying? But the people who rent for me, they don't pay as much rent as they would pay somewhere else. And I made sure of that because it's only fair. They're helping keep my cost of living down. I might as well help keep their cost of living down. You know, I'm advocating because if you know me personally, you know I'm an activist. So I'm going to definitely activate, advocate for community, being aware, and taking care of community. There is no reason for us to abuse people in our community. If we're taking care of each other, we all gonna advance together. So if you own a property, do not overcharge people for their rent. Now, one of the things that I told the people who are renting for me is, uh, I really hope that they are able to save money and use that money in ways that benefit their lifestyle long-term. I want them to have the extra money in their pocket to have a savings account to invest if they choose into stock markets maybe to take trips if they just feel like it why shouldn't they why shouldn't they i i own a property right and i think for some people you know who get to a certain level of like you know property ownership or money or whatever else i don't know where this ego comes from but you know better than the next person we all in this together it's called humanity we are all in this together okay you are not better than anybody else you, you do not deserve to go to Belize any more than your tenant does. Take a seat. Be humble. I'm going to quote Kendrick Lamar this time. Bitch, be humble. And if you got a problem with cursing, recognize this is word of a rebel's podcast. I do curse on occasion, but only when it's necessary. So, bitch, be humble. You do not deserve more than your tenants do. And anybody who is agreeing with me and saying amen right now, you're exactly the people that I love to work with. That's who I love to work with. People who understand that we are in this together. This is not about a dog eat dog world. No, we create this world. We create the environment of this world. So treat people right. Communicate with people. Check in with people. Make sure they're comfortable. Make sure that you're doing the right things. You know, like really, because the more that we do that, the more that we build a circle of community. Because right now I can tell you for sure, it's not just the two people who also live in the property um, that I own in New Orleans. Um, the three of us check in with each other and make sure everybody's okay. But it also extends beyond that. Just, you know, everybody that I'm connected with, I just appreciate y'all so much. We always check in on each other. We always uplift each other. We teach each other things. You guys are so valuable to me, you know? I have people in my community who just very simply calm me down because I can be feisty sometimes. I have people in our community who taught me things about natural herbal remedies, ways to help my daughter because sometimes, you know, she can be kind of full of anxiety. You know, I've had people who've taught me things about business, people who've mentored me, guided me, you know, I have so many people, people who've taught me and guided me in yoga and meditation, reminded me to check in on my own wellness and to check in on the wellness of others. We have this beautiful community of sharing. 
that's the kind of community that I think everybody wants. And some of you listening already have that. And you already understand how to nurture people in your community. And some of you out there are saying, I want that. Well, you can create that. It starts with you. Starting with you, what are the ways from the things that I've said in part one and this episode as well, which is part two, which of these ways would work to benefit your financial situation now and in the future? Now, if it's dealing with real estate, I am a real estate agent. I am here to guide you through that process. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with the community aspect of making sure that you and your household get what you need out of this property. It's a commodity. Real estate is a commodity. Use it for what you need it to be. If you need a safe space that you can direct, do that. Okay? Uh, make sure that you are no longer, you know, at the mercy of a landlord to decide to sell that property and just be like, okay, bye, peace. You know, think about that for a second. Like, if you own the property, you decide when you leave. And you could stay there two years, sell and make a profit. You could stay there five years, 10 years. You could stay there the full 30 years of the mortgage. Totally up to you. That's the beautiful thing. You make that decision, nobody else. My goal whenever I share financial information is to teach people how to become empowered now in our current lifestyle, in our current political system. How can you survive and thrive and be empowered now? That's my goal. I wanna make sure that if any personal crises come up for you, you feel comfortable, you feel good because you've got multiple streams of income coming in because you own the place that you're staying right now. I wanna make sure that people feel comfortable in that. Um, so, if you found value in this information, if this has encouraged you, motivated you, maybe taught you something you didn't know before, I don't know, any of these things, please share this episode, share part one as well. Um, you never know who you're helping. You know, Some part of this may resonate with somebody else that you know. Maybe the passive income conversation wasn't for you, but it might be for somebody else right you might know somebody out there who has always worked maybe as a server at a restaurant or in the kitchen at a restaurant and they're tired and they're barely making ends meet and you've been knowing this person and you're just like man you know he or she is so hard working and they're just not able to get above and beyond it right share this information with them and that reminds me because a lot of people say well, don't you need to have thousands of dollars in order to get involved in real estate? No, you don't. Honest to God, like if I were to contract the right way, you can get into a property for $2,100. And I can tell you exactly how that's possible if you want me to. Hit me up at Word of a Rebel. I will break it down for you. Literally, $2,100 out of pocket. That is, you know, closing costs, down payment, all of the stuff that you typically pay up front on a real estate transaction keeping it within that $2,100. That's literally all that you would need. I also have information on how to do co-op purchases where you and someone else split the cost of the upfront out-of-pocket expenses of a real estate transaction. You know, I, will, I can show you how to make this happen for you on any budget. If you say, well, I don't think I make enough money every month or my credit is really bad. Okay, number one, 
If you feel like you don't make enough money, I'm gonna work with you on figuring out how to buy a multifamily property because the rental income off of that property gets added onto your income and then you can get approved for that property. Okay, don't think that there's not a way. There's always a way. Anybody who knows me will tell you I am very creative. I'm very business-minded. I will find you a way to get the property that you want. You are not limited. You are not limited. If anything else carry this with you, you are not limited. You are limitless. Own it. You are limitless. There is always a way. All it takes is access to information. That's why I'm here. It takes access to information because maybe you didn't have the information before, but now you do. And I am willing to tell you how to do it on $2,100. If you got more than that, I can explain to you how to maximize your money to make sure that you get come out ahead. All of this is to say that investing in real estate, owning property is a way of empowering yourself and your household. And do not listen to anybody who tells you you can't. It's bullshit. Like I said, you are limitless. Own it. As always, this has been Word of a Rebel. Be sure to hit me up at Word of a Rebel on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now also on TikTok. Be sure to share this episode if you believe that it has touched you or that it will touch somebody else. I'm here to inspire and motivate people to financial empowerment in the immediate sense and for the long term. Once again, this is Word of a Rebel. Peace.